The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Bears Jim Harbaugh, beleaguered by the Saints defense, overthrowing because he's on the run, overthrowing out of the pocket, out of bounds. And he throws high to James Thornton and Robocop pays for it. Gene Atkins with the hit. First 58 minutes of the game, 2 of 19 for 16 yards. But... Down 17-13 with under two minutes to go. Harbaugh to Wendell Davis for 27 yards. One play later, Sidney Landerson for six. Then after a run, it's Harbaugh to Tom Waddle. All of a sudden, three for three on the drive. The Bears beat the Saints 20-17 to despite the fact that the numbers, they 36 yards total passing. Who cares? The Bears beat the Saints 20-17. to that's the reason why Dan Plesak would call you Touchdown Tommy. Hell yeah. He was probably growing up watching that game. You know what we did? First 58 minutes of that game, we failed to use the stolen signals that we had from the Saints earlier in the week. Right. We finally accessed them in the final two minutes. He wanted to cheat and cheat creatively. We wanted to do it in an admirable and honorable fashion. Right. And when that didn't work, we chose plan B. Didn't want to make it obvious. Right. I'm going to go... What, two for 19? 19 for 16 and yards? They're never going to get Zero guess touchdowns. That I've got their signals. Two interceptions. Keep it close. We're going to keep it close. We're going to bring them in. We're going to dare them to come inside. And, and then, when they come inside, and then I'm boom! Unleash the fury. <laughs> That's how we did it, let's man. Br- let's bring in Tom Thayer. He is a part of the greatest broadcast crew in football. Him and Joniak uh, will be down in the dome. And my big question for you, Thayer, as he, he joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline, is what was more satisfying, that win back in 1991 in the dome or winning the Super Bowl in 1986? Oh, you know, the only thing that really saved us on that day that we went down there and beat the 7-0 New Orleans Saints was Tommy Barnhart, their punter, <laughs> shanked a punt late in the game to give us actual field position to take advantage of what right. three completions yes, for the touchdown. That's right. That, that was our saving grace. And uh, so is, you know, as good as they were, go as we are going into the, as good as New Orleans was, as hostile as the environment was, hey, man, it was a happy plane ride home. It was. And we ended up winning and uh, – you know, touchdown Tommy Waddle saved us all. Hey, uh, Tom, I can't, I can't recall a game at any level in my entire life where I was a part of something that was so inept, but we ultimately won at the end of the day because we were so bad offensively. I remember Rich just dog cussing us. Richard Dennis, we would come off the field after every three and out. And that happened a lot, but, but that particular Sunday in New Orleans was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, you know, kind of a funny end result after such a frustrating 58 minutes that, yeah. uh, you know, we all could walk out of there with our heads held high. But we all probably got threatened the next day watching tape with yeah. Ditka no as doubt. he controlled the projector in front of all of us and threatening us with our job. You, but, you know, uh, it was crazy. But to connect it to, to this weekend's game, Tom, I've been saying it. Look, I know that the Saints aren't a great football team, but that place, even when the Saints aren't very good, is still a very difficult place to play, and the assumption is Tyson Bajan is going to get the start, and this will be the most hostile environment, of course, he has seen early on. 
Well, it's probably the most hostile environment he's ever seen in his football life. Good point, yeah. Because, um, you know, he never, I think at the podium the other day, he never had a game where he had to use a nonverbal snap count. And they did uh, put him through those paces and training camp and a little bit last week uh, um, in SoFi Stadium. But SoFi Stadium really isn't a hostile environment like you'll face in Minnesota, in Detroit, in Green Bay, and that's most certainly this weekend in New Orleans. So you're just going to have to make sure that um, you're functioning properly between the communication of the offensive line to the center. And the thing that really worries me is when I go back and I've been watching a lot of tape on the Saints is they put seven guys at the line of scrimmage, defense, their defensive line of scrimmage, and they isolate the center. So now the center's got multiple responsibilities of making sure he understands when the ball's supposed to be snapped. Oh and then because they put seven guys in the line of scrimmage and there's always going to be three to one side and two to the other – those blockers are going to have to kind of go away from the center. So rather than being able to give that hand security to the center by one of the guards, the guards are going to have to get in an extended position to make sure they can get their, to their responsibility soon enough under the dysfunction of not hearing the count. Tom, but how worried are you? And I don't know if worried is too strong of a word, but concerned uh, about the Saints again with that environment, knowing that Brisker is out, knowing that Edmonds is out, knowing that the defense against better quarterbacks tends to give up at least yards and points, that that again they, they get off to a good start and the Bears are going to be forced with Bajent in that environment to have to play catch-up. Well, I mean, you, you know, you can't put Bajan in the worst uh, scenario possible. You can't put him in there with a five-man protection um, and having, you know, routes that are going 10 to 15 yards downfield. You're going to have to do kind of what you did against the Raiders and have some lateral passing, get the ball out of your hands, try to run some screens to take advantage of the pass rush and put him in a favorable position to succeed. The one thing that scares me about the Bears' defense is when you look at Tyreek Stevenson coming off, I think, a 12-tackle game, was second on the team in tackles, and you look at the way Alvin Kamara catches the ball a lot like Austin Eckler did last week. You have Thomas, the wide receiver, who's as talented as anybody. You have world-class speed with Rashid uh, 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 Rashid, uh, Shahid. Yeah, Shahid, and you have Olave. So I don't know if you really have the guys that can cover all the weapons that they have at their disposal. Um, and so I, I guess I, I am. I'm. I'm not worried about Bajan. I'm worried about if the defense can hold up to what their defensive responsibilities are going to be against an explosive offense that has about five moving parts that can attack you from anywhere. On that note, Tom, what did you make of the trade for Montez Sweat this week? You know, you're talking about a team that has 10 total sacks. Uh, so it, do I hate the, the fact that they got a talented defensive end coming aboard? No. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is I always go back to the combine when Montez Sweat ran that 4-4-7-40, and then all of a sudden he excelled up the draft board and got on everybody's radar. But as you see his development over the course of time in the NFL – 
he is able to use all of his tools. He uses his length efficiently. He uses his speed well. He can use power associated to his length to get inside the offensive tackles. Now, is he going to be able to have enough concern by the opponent's offensive line and their protection that he's going to create more opportunities for Yannick Ngakwe or Demarcus Walker or Rasheen Green or Justin Jones or Andrew Billings, for, uh, you know, for that matter? Are they going to have a little bit more opportunity to have some uh, corner blitzes or, or um, nickel defensive back blitzes by Kyler Gordon? If all of it kind of works with one another, then I, I think it's a good move. And uh, but I, I think we're going to have to see how the opponent um, takes him into consideration according to the direction of their protection to see if it opens opportunities and then they take advantage of it for other guys. Are you a little leery of giving up another second round pick? Um, not if he stays productive. He's still a young guy. You know, he's hopefully his his best football is yet to come. So um, if he turns out to be a dominating pass rusher in the league, then no, because there's no guarantee if you pick a guy in the second round, he's going to pan out to be that type of player that this Bears defense really needs. So I'm kind of still out of a, a wait-and-see situation to see um, – you know how Montez Sweat plays over the next three to four weeks against um, difficult opponents. You know different outdoor circumstances at Soldier Field, and uh, you know the different elements that are going to come into play when you go into Detroit and play in that atmosphere against a pretty solid offensive line. Tom Thayer joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. Tell me how the Jalen Johnson story ends here uh does it end with a contract uh in place or does it end with him going to another team well i mean if going to another team i i hope they don't lose out completely and get and you know don't get the compensation for him if he does go to another team um you know i i would have to be privy to more behind the door be behind the door conversations like he and ryan poles are to get a real indication of you know what Jalen Johnson what you know where he's at mentally and um does he want to be here does he feel like he's been so disrespected up until this point that he can't go out there and lay it on the line like you need him to do is as good as you know the thing about Jalen is that even though that he considers himself one of the better corners in the league and that he's got this reputation developing that, you know, he's really respected around the league. If you go back and you look at the corners that Jalen has played opposite from, that's why they don't throw against him very much because the other guy is much more attackable. Now, if Jalen could go and, um, you know, be that premier shutdown cornerback to his side and even John Hoke addressed it the other day at the podium that you don't want him to follow the opponent's best receiver around because that kind of tells you what the coverage is but if he can hold down his side of the field and limit the completions over there then you know that's one of the harder positions in the NFL to find so if they come to the conclusion that he is a top end uh, cornerback in this league that can shut down his side of the field, 
then I, I you know, you'd always want to reward your own draft choices and compensate them well. Tom, we all know like good cornerback play, good secondary play doesn't necessarily make your front four better. But the opposite is true. Like right. if they can provide more pass rush, you know, twenty sacks total last year. Last in the NFL. Ten so far this year. Last in the NFL. Is there a chance that, it, you know, Jalen Johnson, who's a good cornerback, that we may perceive him as an even better player if they can find a way to get to opposing quarterbacks and move them off their spots more frequently? I, I think every one of these guys, I think the whole defensive backfield could be right. better if they would get a more dominant pass rush or at least a guy that you have to be concerned about to, like I said, open up those opportunities for other guys. But to go, you know, into a season and finish with 20 sacks or get to the halfway point almost and only have 10 sacks, it's difficult for, you know, any defensive backs that you put back there to, to have success. And so, you know, I, I think priority number one is still trying to find that find that dominant offensive and defensive line to really make the outside of your team perform better and be able to take chances and get more out of the chances you take. Tom Thayer is brought to you by UI Health. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. I want to bring in uh, another Tom. It's Tom, Tom, and Tom. Three T's. Yeah, uh, or three Toms. Can never have enough Toms. Amen. Yeah, and uh, Tom says he wants to tell you about where he was during the 1991 Bears-Saints game. What's up, Tom? I'm great. How are you? Are you talking to Thomas from Maryland? Yes, Tom from Maryland. Yeah, um... A couple of months ago, I told you about seeing Ken Cavanaugh catch a touchdown in 1949. Now I'm going to fast forward to 1991. I was 50 years old, and my wife, as a present, got great tickets to the Bears-New Orleans Saints game, and we flew down Superdome. And I'm watching the game, and we have to catch a flight to go home, and, and the game is going longer. Um, and... All around me, the, the uh, Tom Waddle will remember the, the uh, Saints fans are going ka-ching, ka-ching. Cha-ching. Every time something yeah. went for the Saints. And it was, it was I, we had to leave to catch, to catch a flight. And we, we were going to leave early. It looked like the Bears were out of it. And there's a play that was, that was made at the end that neither Tom, neither Tom have mentioned. And I think I'm right about this, and I, I want Tom Waddle to uh, respond. The Saints had the ball uh, around their 35-yard line. It was third and two, about a yard and a half. If they make the first down, they can run out the clock. I don't remember how many timeouts, but it was pretty clear. All they needed to do was make that first down. And this is the play that I think you guys are missing. The fridge was playing left tackle at the time, he pushed the left guard of the Saints to the ground immediately, got the running back in the backfield and dropped him for about a half-yard loss, and Barnhart had a punt. That turned it around and gave the Bears the ball. Well, Tom, that's what Tom Thayer talked about, right? Tom, like yeah. the, the, the shanked punt by Tom uh, Barnhart. Do you guys yes. remember the fridge play? Is he, is I, he right? I don't. Like, I'll have to phone a friend. He was 51 back then in 1991. Yeah. He's, he's 83 sharper, now. He's sharper now than oh, I am. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Do you remember that play, Tom? I, I don't. I, I don't, don't remember either. The fr- I don't remember the fridge play. <laughs> I, I would. I would definitely have to look it up. But I. I. I know that I'm right about the Barnhart punt. Well, Tom, we were probably being dog cussed by Ditka or Dick Stanfell at that time. While the defense was on the field, everyone was yelling at us to try to get our asses back out there and get something done. I, you know, and, and it doesn't surprise me that Fridge makes a play like that either. So, you know, the, you know to get uh, Fridge to make a big play, to get us an opportunity for where they had to punt. And, uh, you know, it's uh, making makings in a, a legendary oh, comeback yes. by the Chicago oh, Bears. Yes. I've never asked you, Tom, uh, Thayer, uh, what did, when did waddle win you guys over so you you're the old guard you guys won the super bowl and then like there are some new guys who are coming through along the way and waddles this undrafted kid from bc and when when does he earn his stripes in in someone like your your mind who's on offense um who who needs and you guys need all the help you can get with wide receivers so when does he earn stripes in your book you know, I think, you know, me and Hamp were talking about it the other day because Hamp was talking about, um, you know, someone asked him outside the building about this Tommy Waddle guy. And Hamp, and Hamp had to, like, search his memory because he's not as familiar with the offensive guys as the defense. And then Hamp then goes, oh, that's that kid that just catches everything that you throw him. So, I, I mean, T. Waddle developed a great reputation just by his effort at practice of diving for balls when nobody else would, making catches that put himself in harm's way, got his chin lit up, making a big catch for Harbaugh, you know, all those types of things. So, you know, all, you know, he was endearing himself to all of us, you know, since he came, since he came aboard and kind of with his great resiliency stuck it out and had ended up having a great career even though, you know, he, he was cut at one time. One time. Well, well, I, I didn't I want know, I didn't I want to pile on. Thank you, thank you, Tom. I, I appreciate that. Hey, I, I go back to that Saints game. You remember the and and Tom from Maryland talked about it. Leading up to it, all we heard was cha-ching, cha-ching. There was this fast food restaurant that was running. Seth, I think it was Seth Green. Was it Seth Green, the young actor who really hadn't been discovered at the time? Was the kid that was part of? I think it was Rally's really? fast food. And they were 7-0, and and inside the Superdome, all you kept hearing was cha-ching because they thought they were going to be an undefeated team. Right. Do you remember that, that uh, television commercial leading into yes, it? Yes, of course. Cha-ching! Of course. That's right. all we would hear. <laughs> we talked some, uh, talk some stuff to them did after. Did you after it. the game? Well, I think our team did, yeah. I got your cha-ching right over there. Right. Were, were you a trash talker at all? Uh, not really. You know, I was so scared. I, you know, I left it. I left every game thinking that this was going to be the game that Dick was going to cut me. me too. So I never kind of walked around with any, you know, my, you know, uh, you know, act, have any arrogance or cockiness because I was just waiting for Dick to rub it in my face <laughs> as soon as I thought I was something special. Hey, by the way, we, we were up there with Joniak. Um, yeah. Was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Yesterday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday, and I know that like uh, you and Jeff are best of friends. He's got a pair of Ferragamo loafers that he was wearing. Then I saw them, and I was like, whoa, that's big money? And then Sylvia and I, we, we looked them up. I Googled them. 
They look like they're fi- they're about five hundred dollars. I thought eight ninety five. Well, you I, said. Th- I think that you can get them for five hundred dollars. Did you know that Joniak was wearing five hundred dollar loafers, Ferragamo loafers? No, I no I did no idea, huh? No, big money man. Yeah, I mean they wow. were old, they were older. They were kind of they were aged, but they still looked good. But like I was I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Wow, I yeah. know, but I'm going to have to bring him up. I'm going to have to ask him about him tomorrow because, you know, he doesn't know my schedule well enough because he tried to call me while we were on the phone. Oh, really? Of course he I'm, did. I'm going to have to call and give him a piece of my mind yes. and then ask him about uh, these Ferragamo loafers. Yeah. Yeah. What's wow. the most money you've ever spent on a pair of shoes? Um. It's the no, guy who I wears remember, flip-flops in Hawaii. Right. I mean, I've never bought an expensive pair of shoes. I remember growing up my whole life, my mom would get this catalog of irregular shoes. <laughs> and we could, we were able to order a pair for school right. every year. Um, but, yeah, I, I've never I've, I've never had an, an expensive pair of shoes. You never bought, like, a pair of Air Jordans or anything like that? No, wow. I never have. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Hey, can I get? Can I ask you one more football question? Yeah, bring it. Um, Justin Fields was back out there practicing yeah. today. I mean, I don't know how much he was throwing it. Uh, what is your expectation level for when he will be healthy enough to potentially take the reins over again? Well, I just think I think there's an evaluation process. Can he take a center quarterback exchange directly under center? Can he hand off on an RPO where the running back kind of semi-grabs the ball and if he's going to pull it out? And is he strong enough that if he followed through and he hit his hand on the back of an offensive lineman or defensive lineman's helmet, would he be able to um, suffer the punishment that they quarterbacks go through on those circumstances? If he passed all those tests, then I would have to put him on the track of playing again. But all that evaluation process is up to he and Luke Getze and Ginoco. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they all have to make that decision. And you know, and you, you know, you always hear you don't lose your you don't lose your job to injury. So, I think if he uh, was determined to be back and 100 percent and could suffer some of those punishing parts of the game, then you know, give him the opportunity to get back in there. All right, Tom. We will uh, talk to you uh, in New Orleans on Sunday. Look forward to it. Thanks, right. Tom. Tom, See you, man. Uh, awesome as always. He's brought to you by UI Health. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If ever you hear something and you want to respond, you want to weigh in. It's uh, about you guys, the fans, of course. As always, we've got Waddle's World coming up. Doug Kazarian is going to join us, and don't forget next Wednesday, Waddle and I will be out with you guys. We'll be at Twin Peaks. In Oakbrook Terrace. That's next Wednesday, day before the next Bears game. We'll be at Twin Peaks, one of our favorite spots, Eat, Drink, Scenic Views. So te- text your friends, say, hey, next Wednesday, we got to break up the work week. We got to see our guys, Waddle and Sylvie, in Oakbrook Terrace. Got a, uh, another, there's another angle to the Michigan Jim Harvall story that's just kind of come up.
Okay. I, you've teased me. Yeah. All right. It's so an interesting. You, are you going to lead this off in Waddle's world? Oh, that's why uh, okay. I mentioned it to you. The old teaser room. The old teaser room. Yeah, I got a little Michigan tease for you. Waddle's world is coming up next. This is Waddle's world. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. 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 Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. You know what's happened to me recently? I forgot to mention this the other day. Not that anybody gives a rat's ass, but I've gone down the TikTok uh, wormhole, kind of, and oh. find myself struggling to get out of it. You're fascinated by it. Uh, I don't have any interest in creating a TikTok. Right, but watching. But some of the stuff that you see on it. Oh, yeah. Or not even TikTok. Is it Reels? Is it oh, Reels? Yeah. So you're watching on Instagram. Whatever it is. Like, I watch old concerts and old musicians playing and stuff. Like, I'm not watching crazy stuff. Like, so you're not watching, like, stuff that people are creating today? So not really. Like, like when, when, when Prince does it the... It sounds uh, like you're watching the, YouTube. Is could what be, you're saying. Could be. Could be. <laughs> you're just watching old concerts? Like, when Prince played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, My Guitar Gently Weeps. I saw that. It's like a six-minute yeah. video. And, and then there's other that things reels, that are going sure. on. And I, then you see all the big houses for all of the really rich people. In different places, you could check out all their houses from the aerial shots. I thought you meant, like, some of the content that's being produced by, you know, some of the uh, social media creators. No. Uh-huh. You're not watching that. No, no. my daughter Leah does that. I, I yeah, can walk I like into that. my house and she's sitting in a chair for two straight hours just cackling. I like the pranks. You know me. I'm a big well, you prank like, guy. Yeah, you like more than that. You like people getting hurt and fighting going on, Well, too. the fight videos, I, yeah. I, I I want them to stop, but as long as they're there, I'll consume them. Uh, I also like the guy who walks around Target and Walmart and farting. Farts. Yes. The I fake, like that the, as well. I love it. I he love, takes he, the thing. And the, the latest one is he got punched. Oh, did he? Yeah, he got punched. I, I just that saw one. that last night after the football game. Yeah. This is, like, new for me, though. This is like, happened this week. I never used to do this. But I think I've struggled to find something to watch. It's still, like, the World Series, totally boring. So, I was... Have, have I you watched down the, the Uber show that I've told you about? Not on yet. Netflix? No. It's not bad. Good My cast. wife's got a tennis match tonight, so maybe I'll go home and watch television. Did you watch the, the dad's movie? The not old yet. dad's? That's good, too. Not yet. Very funny. The yeah. opening scene is fantastic. I mean, like, very true about the way... The difference in parenting today versus oh yeah yesteryear. Just thought that was uh, that 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 was weird. I found myself caught in the TikTok or the Reels web and couldn't get out. I can see how it can become addictive. Sure. Well, look, it's what did we used to do twenty years ago? We used to take the remote and we used to channel surf. Yeah. We would go channel by channel and we would stop when something would catch our eye. What are we doing with our cell phones? It's the exact same no, you're thing. Right. You're going from real to real until something catches your eye. Well, it's no different. There is be with the writer strike and all the other stuff. Like some of the stupid shows that I also watch, like The Curse of Oak Island, has been off. It comes back on Tuesday or Monday, so I'll start up that again. 
So I found myself caught in the uh, the web of reels and, and TikTok. I never thought I, that would happen, but... Oh, God, I'm disappointed in myself. Don't uh, be. Embrace it. An injury report was released earlier. We talked about it a bit. Brisker is out for this game, right. as is Nate Davis. Tremaine Edmonds is out as well. Uh, Terrell Smith still out. Eddie Jackson, full participant today. He's good to go. Justin Fields was limited participation. He is listed as doubtful. I find it hard to believe that they would ever put him out there. Who knows with my favorite team? Don't know. Uh, and also, uh, what did I say? Who, who, who were we talking about a little bit earlier? And I, uh, Braxton Jones uh, is questionable, full participant. But he's uh, what's the name of the list that he's on? He's not... They have to take him off of well, this he's list. Well, he's on the injured reserve, but he's in the window, the yes. 21-day window yeah, designated kind of to return. Yes. So I don't expect him to be uh, activated for this game, but uh, good to know that he's out there and he's practicing. And by the way, the injury report is brought to you by Costa Ivoni, personal injury lawyers. Uh, I teased you with a uh, the Michigan story. Yeah. I guess Justin Pottinger, who's in for uh, Tyler, told me that this is a pretty legitimate site. It's called On3 Sports, right, Justin? How would you describe it? Yes, sir. I get all my college football, don't college basketball. <laughs> all, the infernu- all the news from there. It's Come great on, don't call me sir. I'm How not old that old. How are you, Justin? Yeah, I apologize. Call him I'm Mr. Waddle. I'm I'm it's Mr. Mr. Waddle. You stuck yourself. No, but tell me again about On3 Sports. It's good, good source. I trust it. Okay. Uh, the report here, I'm going to go with it. They've never uh, I'm gonna go. He was, him wrong before. He was before. in Kansas last week, <laughs> junking the uh, the crossbar into the Sw- lake. Swimming in the lake. Please, you know what, before I give you the Michigan story, what, why did you dopes want to take the goalpost and throw it in the pond as but opposed we, we don't to know how to win. We don't know how to win. But you we, don't know how to celebrate either. I guess not. You guys, you were part of, you took the, the, the goalpost. We did. And dumped it in a pond. Carried it a mile. Over our shoulders, dropped it in the pond. It was, it was and our then it's Super gone Bowl forever. But I know it's your Super Bowl, but then it's gone. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel bad for the people that have to go and get a chain and a truck, get that out of the pond. But you know what? Were we you guys chanting to, to the lake? To the lake? Yeah, oh, everyone knew. That's like like they had security out in front of the goalposts, like right when the game ended. They knew that's what we were going to try and do. How far of a, a haul is it to it's go? Like a mile uphill too. Yeah, it's far. How long did it take for whoever was carrying this? Yeah, probably 20-minute walk. Had to have been. How many people had to carry so it? So many people. There, there's got to be a video. It, it was crazy. What were you though. doing at the time? Dude, I don't even know what I was doing. I can't remember. Were you hammered? I, well, it was fun. Why did I take it out to a field and, and like, build a, uh, a bonfire in the middle of it and have a goalpost bonfire? Where, and, and, and drink and get drunk. And then the and following drunk. day or two days later, have somebody come in and... And, and, and erect it. And erect it. I was going to say the same word. And then I was like, right, is that right? Yeah. Um, and put it up so it's like it's a it's a statue. And you can actually kick field goals. And you we should have. But you guys should threw it in the freaking pond. We did. We Instead did. Instead of the graveyard of goalposts. Did you see the smile it, on my face? Like, it, it was the best weekend ever, man. It's like it was the awesome. hall of goal, like the hall of fame of goalposts. This is when, and you write the date of yes. the win. And you collect them. I haven't seen him this happy since he went apple picking like a month ago. <laughs> He's very he young and naive. He, he is. He'll learn. Yeah, it's it not much fun. It, no. it, it may have been the second best day of his life after the apple picking. Yeah. In a power ranking for young Justin Pottinger. <laughs> wow. I, that's just weird. That's weird. 
Hey, we got, what do we have? Oklahoma State this weekend? Or no, we just lost. No, Iowa, I think it's Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State. You don't even know. So, they're, no, they're, we just lost Oklahoma State. That's a true Iowa Kansas State football fan right there. We'll win. Hey, dude, if we beat Oklahoma State, what, last week, we would have we been top 15. You we weren't been at talking. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State was playing Cincinnati last week. Yeah, Oklahoma, two weeks ago. Oklahoma State's playing Oklahoma, the team you just beat. They did, yes. That's this week. I know, I know the, the schedule. Was the last time you had the Big 12 schedule down better than him? <laughs> he went to Kansas. That's mm. why he's throwing goalposts in a creek. He threw his brain in the pond. Yes. What, what do you do with the uh, goalposts at the powerhouse Boston College when you guys? Uh, they don't come down. Yeah, you, you just leave them down. hanging out? There's not enough people in the stadium to actually get the goalposts down. He scored under the goalpost, though. That's what I'm asking. So what do you do at a powerhouse like Boston College? Listen, we you leave them up. There aren't enough people, Jeff, that go to the games to actually tear the goalpost down. But back in the day when you were playing, there was. We did not have enough people in the stands to tear the goalpost really? down. Well, what would I didn't you realize draw? that. 30? People? 1,000? <laughs> it's a terrible. What does what it see? We've been 50? out a bunch of drunk morons like the folks tearing stuff down in Kansas. Kansas usually draws much less than 30 for a game. Really? Yeah, for a football game? I don't think there was 12,000 people at the last BC game. I watched all of it. They played UConn. They probably paid UConn $2 million to come to campus, and they barely got by them. That's what we do. And what would you pay Northern to beat you? Oh, a million, a million too? Yeah. Something like that. But we've won five in a row now. Money well spent. We have five in a row. Who's Loyola got tonight, Mellor? And what? That's what I thought. Anyway, oh. <laughs> Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link the private investigators behind the sign-stealing scandal back to Ohio State. Yes! This is awesome this if is, it's true. This is like a whodunit movie. Yes. Oh, yeah? Well, the killer is actually in Columbus. Yes. Look, as a lot of people have said, who cares who found out that they were doing it wrong? I think it's better that it, if, in fact, it is true that it was Ohio State initiated than if it was just somebody else randomly. So wait, what are they really saying? Are they saying that the whole cheating started with Ohio State and they had to up their game? Several sources... No, I no, that's not the case. Several sources at Michigan and in the media tell the Wolverine.com they are gathering evidence on two private investigators they believe are behind the investigation into the University of Michigan's alleged... Alleged... Alleged illegal on-site scouting. The same sources also believe the two are responsible for the media leaks that have kept the story in the news for weeks. Both allegedly have ties to Ohio State oh, head coach you're saying. Ryan Day's family. So wait, are you saying that the leaks have come from Ohio Not State? Not just that, but the initiated investigation came from Ohio State. Again, this is allegedly. Okay. From, from uh, what is it called, Justin? On three sports? On three sports. Well, what does that both, mean? Uh, both allegedly, the two investigators are talking about, allegedly have ties to Ohio State head coach Ryan Day's family. Family members. Oh, the investigators. That's what they're saying. Reporters are working wow. to put the pieces together. Okay, now but we know Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link one of the alleged investigators to Day's younger brother, Timothy Day. 
The other they suspect is linked to Day's brother, Christopher, and was also a classmate of Tim Day's in New Hampshire. One currently runs a private investigation firm in Manchester, New Hampshire, Day's hometown. Hello, Michigan. This is Private Investigator Day. I'm here to investigate your cheating scandal. This is all allegedly, but wouldn't that make this juicy as hell? Yes, it's a good this movie. This makes the story even better. By the way, Ryan Day, you know, uh, he was a uh, wide receivers coach at Boston College for a couple of years. Does he dye his hair and his beard? I don't know if he dyes his very hair, but the beard is jet, very jet black. Jet black. Yeah. I don't hate him for it. No, I'm just asking. Yeah. All right. I'm, you know what? I kind of like it's a letdown right now after that story. I was all jacked up about it. Well, the, the, this Did good you time see for... What? If you want to break that and then regroup? No, I want to uh, tell you that uh, Major League Baseball uh, uh, free agency will uh, begin 5 o'clock Eastern time on Monday. You know how that goes, though. Usually most of the deals don't happen till later. Till well, after a couple meetings. They have two rounds of meetings. Your heartbreak can start at 5 or 4 p.m. Central time oh, stop. on Monday. We're, we're gonna, the, the- Shohei and Cody Bellinger headline the Major League Baseball free agent markets. I will think tell- uh, Yankees or Mets for Cody. Maybe Phillies. Yankees. Maybe Phillies. His dad played for the Yankees. I will I will tell you right here, right now. The Cubs will land one of these three. Gotcha. You ready for this? Blake Snell. No. What, what, what this is your list or my list? Aaron uh Nola. The Cubs. Jordan Montgomery. The Cubs will land one of these three. Shohei Otani. <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Or oh. Lucas Giolito. Or Juan Soto. One of those three will play for the Cubs this season. So two of those would have to be by trade. You're right. You One said, will be by trade. Well, you said, I'm sorry, did you say You said Soto or? Shohei or Bellinger. Oh, Bellinger. Okay, not Pete Alonso. No. I gave you those three. Wow. So you would and be how disappointed. how you feel if none of that comes to be? Um, I'll be a tad disappointed. Now, if they get Alonso, that's good. I like the others better. Are you will make an Alonzo prediction? Well, they, they've certainly been linked to him by numerous reports. No, they, they were linked to Cody Bellinger all year last year as well. During the season? Yeah. I don't know. That's what, He's on my list. So one of those three will play for the Cubs. I think they've got a good chance to get Soto. What's it going to cost you? Well, pitcher? One of your pitchers? You know, the, the stuff that I've read is, A, you've got to take back some salary because the Padres are basically broke. So you've got to take back another bad contract or two. And then they want young, controllable players who don't cost you anything. Did the Padres take out some sort of loan yes. to cover some 50 some mil, I think it was. Oh. Uh, Most importantly, before we go to break, cup noodles are finally going to be microwave friendly. So if, in fact, that is part of your uh, part of your uh, your dietary stuff, what kind of noodles? Uh, Cup noodles. Uh, I guess this is a very you're you know, you eat expensive food now. But for those that are on a budget, I I keep thinking the ramen noodles, which were always microwave. These these are new ones. These are the these are the uh, the ones that the kids are eating, like Justin Pottinger. Uh, that's it. When we come back, we will do a little something we call Florida or Ohio. That's next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
Uh, before we go to the nonsense of Florida or Ohio, I wanted to mention uh, a shout out, a happy birthday to my buddy Mike Bumpus's mother in law. You've probably met Mike, played with him at Boston College. He was an offensive lineman. He used to live in Naperville and used to come to all of our, our different remotes. Uh, but his mother in law is 87 today. Wow. She lives in Wheaton. She's a huge, lifelong Bears fan who actually bought Sid, Sid Luckman's season tickets for Bears games 40 years ago. What? Yes. And she does occasionally listen to this show, but she also is uh, very much enjoys the game of football, watches her grandsons play. My buddy Bumpy's son plays, uh, plays at Brown. Big Mike is what we call him. But it's our 87th birthday today, Mary Garvin. And she occasionally listens to this nonsensical show. And uh, is a huge Bears fan, so I just wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Mary Garvin, Mary happy Garvin. birthday. Yeah, 87. That is awesome. The Waddle birthday. The Waddle May the birthday. Waddle birthday treat you well. Amen. And with that said, let's get to some more nonsense with Florida, Ohio. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. There's no chance that if I would have brought up a Mary Garvin that you would not have let the let it go by without bringing up Fred, Fred Garvin. Garvin. Yeah. Fred Garvin's yeah. my, one of my of favorite course. characters in the history of Saturday Night but Live. since it was your... Fred Garvin! Male prostitute. prostitute. Uh, Florida, Ohio, brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes is an apologetic by nature, disruptive by design, and they believe obedience gets you nowhere. So check out the wine aisle and start to find the rules with 19 Crimes Wine. Today, it is awesome. It is the weekend. Start drinking. Start drinking. Yeah. And please drink responsibly. I added that. That's not their motto. I added that part. Yeah, that's Silver's motto. Start drinking. What do you got here? All right, guys, I got it for you today. A bunch of idiots tore down a goalpost oh, and threw it in the lake. Here Kansas. we go. All right, Florida or Ohio, boys. A bear went trick-or-treating in a suburb. And help, I'm trying to go around the words here. In a suburb neighborhood and helped itself to a mouthful of candy from an unattended bowl. I don't think there are any bears in Ohio. Maybe there yeah, are. Yeah, there are bears are in there? every state. We've done this really? research. Yes. Yes. I think yes. there are more bears in Florida, though. And I recently, I told you this, I recently saw on Instagram a bear walking in a downtown area of oh, yeah. a Florida city. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, I think it's that same bear, a matter of fact, who looked hungry. And uh, I'm going to go Florida. I'm going to go Florida, too. I'm going to go Jupiter, Florida. I, it oh. may have been Jimbo. It may be Jimbo walking Is around where grabbing Jimbo some lives candy. In Jupiter, I don't know, Florida? but Jimbo's very successful, and there are a lot of successful people live in Jupiter, Florida. I'm going to go uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay, that's also a very affluent spot. Can we confirm that it wasn't just a very elaborate costume, a bear costume? Oh, that's, that's a it good It was a black bear. Are you sure about that? I am positive. Based on the story. Um, you know what? I will go with Florida as well, boys. So clean sweep it. Sweet. Yeah, guys. It was Lake Mary, Florida. Lake Mary, Florida. Harry 
and her kid saw the black bear. And I believe, Sylvie, you saw the video because I'm looking at this video right now. And it has to be the one that you saw. But it's crazy. This is pretty intense. The black bear is not nearly as, like, the grizzly bear much bigger and more violent, right? The black bear, you don't want to tangle with it. But it is not there, the predator that the grizzly bear is, is there's it? There's that phrase, again, when I watch Cocaine Bear about uh, the brown, uh, it's something about what you do when you see... The a grizzly bear? No, the different color of the bear. Okay. Because the grizzly bear is brown. I don't want to this thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know the saying. I'm just saying. I think a There's grizzly a bear. with this. When the you... grizzly bear, I believe, is much more of a fierce kind of I scary animal. I think grizzly animal. is when you lie, lie down and try to, like, not move. And a black bear might be when you when try you... and get big. Yeah. It's one or the other. One or the other. It's kind of an important detail. It is important. Got to know. You've got to know. It's not the one or the other thing can't. Or you sing your fight song to it. I get a 50 50 chance. I'm going to (laughs) Epic. Ah! Monster ass. Oh, hell, that was wrong. I'm supposed to lie down, damn it. Fight dead. I should have fight dead. Now I am dead. Damn it. All right, coming up next, Doug Kazarian has yourself. uh, all the picks of the weekend. And how about Waddle? We got some shirts from one of Waddle's favorite people, but Waddle didn't know which person gave him the shirt. We'll hear that coming up next. Got a lot of favorite people.